Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. With me today is my co-host. I heard that pause. I know, in I your did intro. too. Mm-hmm. Of course you heard it and you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, I forgot my own stepfather's name the other day. I I forgot my stepfather's name too. You don't even have one. I know exactly, right? See, that's how much I I don't remember his name. I don't even have one. <laughs> uh, oh, it's it's Mark Salcedo, uh, the magic editor and writer of Screen Geek. That hurt. Hmm. Mm. You did it right that time. I know, right? I was I I. Applaud. But you almost forgot to do it. No, I wanted to point out. Your faults first before we come <laughs> Ignore to Ignore your faults? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, I, want, I want the attention to be taken away from me and strictly onto you. Mm. Can you hear my laptop in the microphone? <laughs> wind whistling? Just you know what it's saying, right? What? It's saying, I don't want to die. I'm just being realistic. <laughs> well, tell the laptop to stop doing that then, and it won't die. No, it's like... You know, I think it's a man. Why you say that? Because men are always babies when they get sick. Yeah, because we get hit like we get hit at once, like a like by a freight truck of sickness. Yeah, exactly. So the computer is, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's, being it's a baby. A man, it's a man baby. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. Let me see what the title. I also is. think it's hilarious uh-huh. that we started using the other laptop. That doesn't make noise, and then my computer's like, "Oh, I know, I, there's no noise. <laughs> it's my time to shine." Yeah, you can you can take off. I want to see the title of this episode. Well, all you have to do is highlight it. No, no, I want you, I want you to present it to okay. me. You ready? Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Barbecue. <laughs> that, is, that is a dead joke. Holy <laughs> shit. I saw Barbarian and Cube today. It's a funny combination. It's like barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. I do like that Barbecue. Damn. You know what? Might be your best title. <laughs> really? I think that shit's funny. I had a coworker. Um, uh, someone who I haven't told talked to about the podcast yet. I told mm. her about it the other day, and then today she was like looking through the names, and she's like, "The names are really good." <laughs> I'm like I know, I keep like ninety-seven percent of them. Um, of course wanna, they're good. Of course you 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 come up with them. Mm. There's been like one or two where like you you had forgotten to give it a title, or like or I, I, you had to fix something because I just. My brain was fried, and you're like, nah, that's not good. Yeah. Sometimes they, they're, like, a little too dark. I'm like, come on. We can't go that dark. <laughs> not yet. What are, what, so what, what is our social media uh, handles since we're talking about going dark? Oh, well, we're not going to go dark <laughs> because we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. And you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Um, if you could please review us on whichever podcasting platform you choose, um, 
my computer would really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheering you on from the bleachers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, our segments this week are our recent review of Barbarian, our variety time. What's going on at the House of Mouse? I originally thought that Mark was going to talk about what's been going on with Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Because I follow them excessively. Like, just... I, I can't... I can't not hear what's going on with Britney Spears. You Do know. you even know what happened? I know she's no longer... She no longer has that conservative conservativeship. Oh. She did get married. Uh, she was pregnant and lost the kid. Holy shit, I've been following Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> Well, apparently she fat shamed uh, Christina Aguilera. Girl, shut up. And Christina Aguilera unfollowed her. Oh, really? On Instagram. Christina Aguilera looks good. She's thick, but she she got that good thick. Yeah. I think... Anyways, I'll just continue with (laughs) Uh, Geriatric Cinematic of Cube, which came out in 1997. Yes. What's the Turpic? The Turpic? The Terror. The Terror. (laughs) The, the turpic and I the terror. I know. The terror is coming from inside the house. Dun, 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 Yeah. Dun. <laughs> I like was, how you stopped and looked at the mixer. Yeah, because I, I was like, do I have that button assigned? Shit, I don't. I'm in perfect timing for this. <laughs> you know what today is, right? Um... Well, the, the the day of this recording. By the time Beyond this, Fest Day. Beyond Fest Day. Beyond Fest Day. Woo woo woo. Beyond Fest Day. Woo woo woo. It is probably the only day of the year I get very excited. Like more than Christmas because you don't really care that much about. I don't really Christmas. like Christmas. I don't really care so much for Halloween. Except for you, like really for, don't like your birthday. Don't care for my birthday. Don't care for my kid's birthday. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, this is this is the day where like I wake up and I'm like, oh my god, it's Beyond Fest Day, everybody! Oh my god, it's Beyond Fest Day! Want to hear something funny? What's funny? I was telling Chuck. What about Beyond Fest? About Beyond Fest yesterday, because uh-huh. I'm like, I bet you he would really fucking dig it. Okay. And I told him, I was like, hey. Um, first, I was like, hey, I want to tell you something. He's like, I'm about to jump on a call. I'm like, it's not important. So then I tried him again later. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I want to talk to you about Beyond Fest. And he's like, wait, what? (laughs) And I'm like, Beyond Fest. He's like, oh, he's like, I thought you said something else. And he's like, I don't want any part of that. Oh, you serious? (laughs) (laughs) He thought I said Beyond Fist. (laughs) I wouldn't want any part of that either. Um, Yeah, I thought that was funny. That sounds like a very, very intense sex move, like an impact sex move you know <laughs> give me the beyond fist <laughs> um yeah beyond fist every year kelsey and i take a trip down to la for um the beyond fest which it's like a genre festival that happens it normally happens for like what two weeks maybe or something like yeah, that about two weeks but this this year's different they're showing 60 plus movies for this celebration so how long are they going uh from the end of from i think the first showing is like september 22nd and it goes to like either september 22nd or september 20th and it goes until like october 11th wow and there it's like at four different theaters wow yeah i know right um 
I'm especially, especially, especially excited <laughs> about Beyond Fest because my favorite director in the whole Vite world is going to be there this year. Uh, Park Chan Wook. He's got a movie coming out called Indecision. I know nothing about it. My whatsoever. computer finally shut up. Oh yeah, I did that a while ago. I was hoping I was hoping you would find out. No. Someday. <laughs> um, but what I found, like normally, th- normally how they do this is like the day before, like they give you a heads up. Mm-hmm. They're, like if you follow their social media, they give you a heads up saying like, "Hey, we got things working, coming through." You know, they give you months of heads up, and then like maybe like a week, they're like, "Oh, this is the day we're going to announce it." The next day we're going to have sales uh, sales tickets. All right, cool. They announced it, and I remember freaking the fuck out because, like I said, one of my, my favorite director, he's gonna he's gonna be, they're gonna be it's gonna be the West Coast premiere of his movie, but it's gonna be it's gonna be followed up by Q and A with him, mm-hmm. Park Chan Wook. I love this dude's work. Uh, Thirst, the Avengers trilogy. Uh, I even like his American movie, uh, Stroker, which wasn't a huge hit, but I enjoyed it. Um, the Handmaiden. Even like his short films, I absolutely love this dude's work. And when I found out, I almost fucking started crying. I was like, "Oh my god, he's gonna he's gonna be in LA!" <laughs> like I like his work so much, I have a tattoo of one of his movies like on my arm. Which one? The left one, the hammer. Oh, it, it needs to get redone. Anyway. <laughs> well, also I don't know what it's from. It's from Old Boy. It's the hallway scene. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Obviously, I was like, holy shit. So, t- today, at the day of this recording, they had the tickets on sale at 10 o'clock, and I'm at my laptop, and I'm just, like, sitting there. I got, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at Kelsey's house. I got, like, two monitors. I'm sitting there, rubbing my hands together. I'm, like, <laughs> like doing that, getting, like, ready, like, pumped up and shit. And I almost didn't get the tickets to the screening. Mm-hmm. And I started freaking out. Like, I started freaking out. Like, panic attack, freaking out. Like, hitting my head and shit like that. And I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like, freaking out and shit. <laughs> but, the, 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 but the thing is about Beyond Fest for, like, what's going on, like, three years? Like, for, for going on, like, three years, they've had issues with their ticketing system. Mm-hmm. Where, like, last year, their site had crashed on two separate occasions. I think last year was the worst year they've had. It was the worst year. And I think worst. they were like, we have to do better this year. Yeah, and they did. They did. I At one point, I thought I didn't get the tickets because they were like, oh, there's an error with your cart and whatever. But I ended up getting the tickets to the t- the Q&A, which, uh, Park Chan-wook, which is actually be, it's actually part of a tribute. Uh, it's, it's like called, I think it's called like a Master, Master of Cinema tribute. Mm-hmm. And they're showing Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Lady Vengeance, and The Handmaiden. Which I'm, I'm like, curious of why they're not showing Old Boy. Like, the entire Vengeance trilogy. Hmm. Um, but there's that. And, and they're showing, like I said, West Coast premiere of his movie, uh, Decision to Leave. Um, which had its TIFF premiere, like, maybe two weeks ago, I think. Hmm. I, it might have had the Venice premiere. Um, so, very excited about that. And I got tickets to the world premiere for the Weird Al Yankovic biopic, mm-hmm. which is going to have a Jonah Ray is going to be there moderating uh, uh, questions for the what's it called for the film director. It says wife going to be there dressed up <laughs> as, as Weird Al, Al again. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, tickets to that, and 
normally like normally whenever Kelsey and I because Kelsey and I go we always go together every year and like every year we always have a fucking ball and we mainly it's because we we go there watching a movie not knowing anything about it and we're just like holy shit that movie was amazing you know Mm -hmm. case in point was New York Ninja Mm -hmm. which I I still think is like the best year yeah Um, so I found a movie that I was like fuck I'll just buy tickets for this I I have no idea uh, what this like? How the movie looks or anything? There's no trailer. For it. It's this movie called Kids vs. Aliens, and it's made by the same director who did uh, Hobo with a Shotgun, mm. and that is like a that is a wild grindhouse movie. I thought you weren't too into that guy because you thought he was too showy or something. Hobo, something about the director of Hobo with a Shotgun. I thought you said mm. something about his works always being like. No, because he, he's only done one movie. One movie? He's, oh. he's done that. He He's the one who put together... I don't know how many episodes he did, but he's the one who put together Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, okay. That, I'm, that, I'm probably thinking of somebody else then. Eh, probably. But what? that's the thing. Like I, I, I read the description, which is... It, it's very vague. It's just like, these kids are dealing with bullies. Also, they're dealing with an alien invasion. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Super vague as fuck. It just says the title. Kids versus aliens. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. But it's like apparently it's like it's ultra violent, it's very colorful. It's it it made me it made me think of a Psycho Gorman when we went to go see that. Mm-hmm. I was ultra violent, super colorful, and a lot of swearing from kids. Mm-hmm. So so that so that like kind of sold me on the idea of like fuck it, let's just buy these tickets. Um, and apparently I got the approval from the director himself. <laughs> he like liked my tweet. I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. I guess I made a good choice then. Yeah. <laughs> um. So excited for Beyond Fest. Oh my god. <sighs> so excited for Beyond Fest. <laughs> we go every year. We go every year and I maybe, maybe. May- <gasps> oh, I gotta bring my old boy copy with me. Holy shit. Let mm-hmm. me see if I can get him to sign it. Oh my god, if he gets to sign it. Oh my god. All right, I'm freaking out. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy myself. You are going to enjoy yourself. Because I'm going to watch you fucking fan fanboy. Fanboy out. You've never seen me fanboy, have you? I have. No, like No, you've never really you've never really you've seen me go like, "Oh my god, is this person?" But like 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 for example, Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. like whenever I see him, I turn into a, like a blubbering idiot. Like like all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. You've never. I don't think you've ever seen me act like that around anybody. More just like, oh hey, what's up, man? You're cool. Like this, that, yakety smack. But like with Park Chan Wook, I feel like I'm gonna have a fucking heart attack. <laughs> you didn't do that for Bruce Campbell. Well, I wasn't in the room though. Oh, with Bruce Campbell, I had to act cool. I had to act. It was Bruce Campbell. I had to like be chill and be like, hey, Mr. Campbell, can I take a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he touched my shoulder. <laughs> All right. What do we got? What, what, are, what are we doing? What are, what, what are, what are we, we doing? doing? What are we doing? I don't know. That is the question. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? What's the answer? Barbarian is our recent review. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. Who am I supposed to do? 
Why don't you come inside and we'll call these idiots. Why don't you just crash here? Oh, no. I don't know if you got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be out there by yourself. It's dry and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom and I'll sleep out here on the couch. This movie just came out, and the synopsis is, a woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems. Directed and written by Zach Kreger. It stars Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and Justin Long. I had a hard time telling um, a co-worker about this film today. Yeah, you can't really talk about this movie without like really spoiling it. So uh, that just popped in my head right now because I'm like, how the fuck are we supposed to talk about okay, this movie? Let's, let's... <laughs> because we don't want to talk about it at length with, you know, without yeah. even without giving spoilers mm-hmm. is giving spoilers. Okay. Because you don't want you to like go in with any preconceived ideas. All right. Well, let's just let's just do our overall thoughts on the movie as vague as possible. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about acting. Okay. Cinematography. Okay. Without giving details. Okay. Acting, cinematography, and and writing. And, and the writing. Okay. So what's what's your what's your overall thoughts on on, on the film? Let's specifically the directing, uh, especially since this is Zach Kreger. He's mainly known he like he's mainly known for comedy. Really? Yeah. He's part of this. He was part of this group called the Whitest Kids You Know. Okay. And when I saw that, I was like, why is that name so familiar? And I I I saw pictures of him. I was like, holy shit, this dude. This, this goes into the discussion that you and I were having last week about how comedians can do dark roles. Mm-hmm. Like when, the, like example, like we were we watched like the first episode of like the Steve Carell and um, Donald Gleason uh, show, The Patient, mm-hmm. and that was on Sunday. We talked about this, and it wasn't even last week. That was this oh, week. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was on Sunday. Um, so, what's your what's your thoughts on Zach Krieger? Is it Krieger? Krieger? Zach Krieger's directing. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Why do you think it's phenomenal? <laughs> um, I thought he did a great job telling the story. Mm-hmm. The way he would jump back and forth of time. Usually, oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. usually, I don't like that because people don't do it right. Yeah, or it can be like a little disorienting, or like. Seems like kind of it might take you out of place because it's such like a shift or some shit like. But that. I think he that was the case in a way. Mm-hmm. But I think it was intentional. Like oh, absolutely, something would happen or something would like get your suspense. Like you'd get all anxious, mm-hmm. and then there'd be like a time change or yeah. or a scene change, you know, and like you're watching this person on the coast. Yeah, you know, like so I feel like. He did a really great job in, in keeping the story together. Mm. And, um, like, 
he really knew what he wanted to tell the audience and how he wanted them to think mm-hmm. and how he wanted to change their minds. Yeah, totally, totally. Especially like how, um, like if you watch the, if you folks watch the trailer, the trailer is very misleading. Um, and that's on purpose because it doesn't want you to guess what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes in, that goes into like the whole time changing, the whole shift in like the mm-hmm. mood, like out of nowhere. Um, not not to not to get into the particulars, but like one one scene where like it's a it's a whole like what in the fuck, and then like this shift mm-hmm. the entire thing, and you're like, what <laughs> is going on at all? I actually don't even like telling people that the trailer is misleading. Mm, okay. Because I want people to watch the trailer. Oh, and think what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And okay. then be like, then then I'm like, just watch it. Mm. Like, watch the trailer, then watch the movie, and then talk to me about it, because I'm really fucking excited about that. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. This is a movie that, uh, I believe, like, uh, the, what's it called? The cinematic, I think they're called, like, Cinematic Void. Um, I think they did a premiere for this movie, and from what I heard, the audience was, like, going fucking wild. Like, this seems like a, this, I mean, just to bring back Beyond Fest again, this, this is like a Beyond Fest type movie. It's, it's a genre film, mm-hmm. but it's like the right type of genre film where it's not trying too hard, but like, it's keeping you guessing and it knows, it knows exactly what it is, mm-hmm. which it's, it's a, it's a great work from a competent director. I think this is his first, let me look up his, his IMDb. I think this is like his first actual feature. Um... Um, so, what? Oh, okay. I don't want to say it. I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up later. Okay. Uh, so we're done with the director. Let's talk about acting. Yeah, this is first. Oh, wait, what the fuck? The Civil War on Drugs? What is this? Sorry, go on. <laughs> um, I was saying let's talk about the acting. Oh, yeah, the acting. Okay. Um, first of all. Uh, wow, he's tall. He's six six foot two. Um, the acting from Georgina Campbell, mm-hmm. love it, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Tess was my favorite character. Yep. Um, it's really good seeing Bill Sarsgaard without a ton of makeup mm-hmm. or being like raggedy or or put in a cage or anything. <laughs> it's like it's just him, just being him. I'm like, there's that handsome face. There's that Sarsgaard's face. It's funny because he looks too young to me. Oh, really? So it kind of took me out a little bit. Like, he didn't belong in this movie. He was a good actor, but I think just it took me off guard how young he is. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, he's been around for a little while. 32? Yeah, like, but he looks like he's, like, 26. Uh yeah, I can see that. He he looks like he looks like a, a recently graduated college student. Yeah. Yeah. He wow. might have like a year in the field that he Yeah. like graduated in. Yeah. Um so like what what's uh what's her name? Georgina Campbell. <sighs> Why was her acting so good? Her acting was so good because just like how she was able to bring like authenticity to it, especially I that's I mean that's such like a go to word or some shit. But like I really feel like I really feel that for her for this role as Tess. 
You mean I think you might mean gen uh, genuine. Yeah, genuine. More yeah, like like genuine genuine terror. There are times where she faces gen like she faces terror and it comes up very genuine, and not like it's it's so funny because like a lot of horror movies, a lot of, a lot of like out, I'll say outdated horror movies, they don't know how to do a female character correctly. They're like the the female character is too weak or too moody or, or too sexual or too sexual and stuff like that and i think with this one like it, none of that's there it's like she's like a realistic victim but like she's not like a bitch mm-hmm. you know uh, you know and uh, like and a bitch like as in she's like a bitchy bitch or she's just like a total at well or like a wuss. There you go. Like a, like a bitchy bitch or like a wuss bitch. There you go. <laughs> she's not. She's like none of that. You sound like a bitch connoisseur. Bitching right. <laughs> um, Justin Long. I, I, I would to give my take on Georgina. What was your take on Georgina? I what I thought really liked about her was mm-hmm. that she was able to be a regular person and then turn that switch on like. And I think it partially has to do in the directing because you see yeah. her at one point and she's like kind of nervous, but then the next time you see her, mm-hmm. she's in full on terror. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like it's a hundred percent believable. Yeah, and you can like, and it's so funny because like when she when you see her again and you see the full on terror, you can like read it's. It, this this may sound kind of weird, but you can read the length of time and the shit she, the shit she has seen or witnessed um, within her actions. Mm-hmm. Like she kind of like knows the deal, she knows what's going on, but at the same time she's like, okay, I have to survive, but I'm still kind of scared at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. she's not she's not like, and she's also not like I'm complacent. Like I'm, yeah, as soon yeah, as I yeah. find my way, I'm gonna find it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so what do you? Oh, uh, other than, um, do you have anything else to add to to Bill Sarsgaard? Other than like he looked a little too young. Oh, uh, I there wasn't much about his acting that I, I honestly think almost anybody could have acted that oh, role. Done that role. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the reason why he either why he took this role or why, um, yeah, why he took this role was. For the purpose of who Bill Skarsgård is and how he's been associated with horror, I think that was I think that's part of the misdirection that could be with this character. I think that he can just as easily look like the boy next door mm-hmm. and be the one who's going to murder you in your sleep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but if it's if it's Bill Skarsgård, I I wouldn't mind it. Either way. Yeah, he's he's very handsome in this movie. <laughs> What's your, what's your take on Justin Long? Uh, I don't like that trope. Oh, that asshole trope. Yeah, I'm just over it. Mm, okay. I understand that it has a place in this movie, and I also don't think that his acting was good or bad. Yeah, it wasn't anything phenomenal, but I think, I think he was there to kind of to drive home the message that maybe the movie is about toxic masculinity. Um, yeah. I mean, there's another character that kind of like delves into that as well, but like one is like extreme, one is like extreme, extreme barbarian, and one is just like extreme red flags. Yeah. And I think like Justin Long fits that mold of the red flags. I'll, I'll agree with you that like it is it is a tired trope. Um, 
So that's why like his his acting was all right to me mm-hmm. because it like it just drove that message home for anybody who was like anybody who may have, might have like flown over their heads. Yeah. That, that's it. I think Georgina took the fucking cake. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, any take on the writing that you want to you wanna discuss? Um, the writing was really good. Yeah, nothing ever seemed like out of place. It's so, f- like, you know how, like, you and I would watch something and we're like, oh, that was a bad, like, delivery or, like, why they include that? Or, you know, we, we tend to be, like, hypercritical mm-hmm. on stuff like that. Not so much with this. Yeah, like, everything was good. Mm-hmm. Even, um... Like, Georgina has, like, a really regular day at one point. Yeah. And the person that she's interacting with is like, why are you in that area? Yeah. And, like, I felt like it was just, like, a regular conversation. Like, I don't know, it kind of lent to, like, the story and, um, like, n- the pacing wasn't off at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um Yeah, let's hop into the spoiler section because we were tiptoeing around it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're gonna hop into the spoiler section for Barbarian. We're gonna talk about the film in great lengths. Um, so for those who don't want to be spoiled, here's a spoiler bumper. Right about get my cue up. All right, cool. Right about now. <laughs> I shat my pants while watching this movie. I smelled it. It was awful. <laughs> so the scene change, the time shift that happens going going into... Wait, going to but maybe the third act, I think? No, I say going to the second act. Um, the first one? Where, like, she's looking down the hall and she's like... No, 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 no. Uh, and then you see Justin Long. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about that. What? Okay, I think for it, I think honestly, I think for an incompetent director, would not have done that well. Like, it's so funny because like that's like a that's like a perfect opportunity for this movie to fail to be like, all right, we're in a totally different movie now because it's a totally different location. It's a dude dealing with um, these accusations of of raping somebody. It takes place in Hollywood. You know, it shows the the ugly side of Hollywood and like productions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 an opportunity for the movie to fail, and it didn't do that at all because you you were still fully invested in the story. I felt like that was an honestly well deserved breather of like what the fuck we were watching. I think it's funny because at every point when things get really kind of crazy mm-hmm. in between the acts. They do a change like that, and you're like, okay, like, this is this other person's story. Yeah. Um, and I like that because, um, especially with Justin Long, because his story is like, he's dealing with it, but you don't really know what happened. And most people are like, you don't really know what happened. And, you know, like, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. And, like, the, the funny thing is, like, I... I was on his side. Like, you and I had this, like, good, like, 10 or 15 minute discussion about, like, how we were, like, processing that scene of, like, 
oh, he seems like a nice guy. Maybe some of it was happening to him is like a misunderstanding and stuff like that. But just like in that, within that conversation in the car with, with, with Justin Long and the person over the phone, you just see how much of like, oh, there was no misunderstanding. He really did do something, but we don't know at what extent like he did it. Mm-hmm. And I think that lends well into the writing. Cause that scene, that scene was like what maybe like a good ten minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I felt like within that ten minutes, we were like, okay, we got this character. Kind of. I don't. Mm. I still kind of was like iffy on it. Like mm-hmm. I know that he he was acting like how guilty people act. Yeah. Towards the end of his conversation. Mm. But you could also kind of view it as he's just angry. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. I didn't really. I didn't really judge him completely, but I was kind of like, he probably did it, but not like, oh, he's fucking guilty as fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not until the bar scene where he's talking to his friend and he's like, kind of like, yeah, I thought she, you know, she took some convincing and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. he did it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm a persuasive, individ- I'm a persuasive person. You know, I I get what I want, you know. Mm-hmm. And just like that, it's like, ew, like I heard, like what I heard in my head was grabbed by the pussy. Yeah. And so with him, it's funny because like you kind of get lulled into like a false sense of security with like, mm-hmm. he still doesn't seem that bad of a guy because you haven't seen anything. Yeah. But then he does the thing with the water tower. That shit with the water tower. One, it was like. It was funny, but like fucked up at the same time. <laughs> um, before we before we leave the scene with the bar, that was Zach Krieger or Krieger, the friend. Mm-hmm. That was the director. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why that's why I looked and I was like, why does that dude look familiar? And I couldn't place him. That's the, and I and I just found out when I was uh, going through like the IMDb page. Um, but yeah, that scene on the water tower when like the 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 monster, you know the. Can you really call that woman a monster or more like a victim? Um, she's a monster. Mm-hmm. She's a. I know she's a victim too, but like sometimes one like there's no hope for her. Yeah. So I don't know. She's definitely a monster. Well, like that scene where, like, where Tess like goes back. To rescue, um, Tess goes back to rescue uh, AJ, Justin Long's character, after they've been captured by, like, this monster that's, like, underneath the house and stuff like that, you know? Like, she she didn't, she didn't have to go back. Mm-hmm. She could have been like, I'm just going to go get the cops, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. But no, she was like, no, I'm going to go back and save him, you know? Even that, even the hobo guy was like, just wait here, you know, until mm-hmm. you can, like, get out, you know? Um, she goes back to save him. And, like, in the midst of, like, saving him, she gets shot by him at one point. Mm-hmm. And then to, to add ice into the cake, he's like, he's like, oh, the monster wants you. It doesn't want me. Yeah. <laughs> I, or I have, to, I have a chance to get away. So he, like, grabs her. And even after he, like, grabbed her and threw her off mm-hmm. the, water, the water tower and, like, went up to her, he still was just like... Things were happening so fast. You just slipped. You know, I was pulling you. You just fell off by yourself. Blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, you just fucking threw her. And you're still, like, telling her you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I thought was, like, honestly, one, that I thought that scene, I thought, like, that line was fucking funny. Which, once again, goes into the writing of mm-hmm. how great the writing was. Yeah. 
Um, I think it's cool because it like pulls the wool, like pulls back the wool, basically. Like yeah, he lies and lies and lies, and now you can see you catch him in a lie now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and like you're like you're just fucking piece of shit, but like yeah, I think that's like how things are in real life too. What did you think of the the time shift that happened? Like that moment where. Um, uh, after Justin Long has come to the house, he's like been chased by the create the monster or whatever, mm-hmm. and then like we find Tess who's alive, which I was shocked as shit because I thought Tess was gonna be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, because what happened with Bill Sarsgaard? You know, he like gets his head cracked open. Which, like I said, that to me that was a that was a great misdirection because the trailer kind of not even just the trailer. Some of the movie even like pr- gave you the perceived notion that like he has something to do with this. He's involved in like what's what bad stuff is going on you know like um like in the old slasher films there's always like a pretty girl who leads pe- mm. like unsuspecting people to the house where they're gonna get eaten yeah. alive or something yeah yeah um so like seeing him get killed within like the what the first what 30 minutes of the movie or something like that was like a complete shock to me mm-hmm. God, I was like holy shit yeah um and then, like, what happens with Tess, like, I thought that she was dead, and then she shows up, and then there's that moment where, like, we jump back, like, what, maybe, like, 30, 40 years? Because mm-hmm. I know it was, like, during, like, the 60s or something. No, no, it was during the 80s because Reagan. They were talking about the Reagan era. Um, was it Reagan or Nixon? I felt like it was Reagan. I don't know. Okay. Uh, for the sake of argument, let's just say, like, Nixon. It might have been the 80s, because I think that's when... Um, the auto industry was folding. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it takes place Cause in Detroit. Done in Detroit, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, so it must. It was probably during the eighties. And um, I that like that shift. Like I remember when it happened. I looked at you and I was like, "Yo, fuck this movie." <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is like when I watch a horror movie, like I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of them. But if you get a "Yo, fuck this movie." That's when you like you got me. When you're just like, all right, I'm fucking hooked. Like you're scaring the shit out of me right right now. Um, also, you say that sometimes when a movie is so good uh, that you're kind of mad that you didn't think of it first, that's or true. that you had a similar idea but someone already did it and they did a fucking amazing job. Yeah, but th- I think that normally comes out of me like at the end of the movie, yeah. where I'm just like, uh, well, like I process everything. I'm like, all right, fuck, <laughs> fuck this movie. If it's in the middle. It's a good fucking movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the thing that I felt was that was really good with the directing is when, like I said, we do the time shift after, like, that big reveal, the monster. Um, oh, that test is alive. And, like, how the camera is like a fisheye lens and, like, following essentially, like, the guy who's behind it all. Mm-hmm. Who was like a who was like a kidnapper, rapist, and shit like that. Yeah, and I really enjoyed how the camera was following him, like behind him, and then like into the car and stuff like that. I thought I honestly thought we were gonna stay like that for like the duration of the not for the duration of the movie, but the duration of that scene. And which I thought I thought I thought that would have been pretty cool, but it still worked out in, in in my mind. Yeah. What did you think about that? I thought that was really good. Um Especially, like, with the fisheye, like you were saying. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I think one thing that kind of interested me was, like, I think they were trying really hard to be, like, historically accurate to that time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the actor I was following, it was the guy, 
uh, Richard Brake. That's the actor, and he played the character of Frank. And a bit of a correction, the, the, the friend of the bar, whose name was Doug, I thought that was Zach Gregg. That wasn't Zach Gregg. That was Kurt Braunholler. I mean, it that? wasn't Zach Kreger? No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't Zach Kreger. It was somebody else. <laughs> you said Zach Craig? <laughs> Did I say Zach Craig? Yeah. Oh, my bad. It wasn't Zach Kreger. It was Kurt Braunholler. <laughs> <laughs> Spell it. B-R-A-U-N-O-H-L-E-R. Braunholler. 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 I like the way I said it. It's funnier. Anyway, go on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I like the accuracy. I, f- I don't obviously remember what it was like in the 80s because mm-hmm. I was born in the late 80s. Yeah. Um. But I felt like it was historically accurate, not just with like the cars, but like I'm used to grocery stores being a certain way. Yeah, yeah, even totally. ones that yeah. are like smaller mom and pop grocery stores. Yeah, and when when you follow him into the grocery store, it's kind of like not what we're used to. Yeah, like the typical supermarkets that we see. Yeah, that we're like going to now. Yeah, not even. I mean, it was small, which is one thing, but the other thing is like the floors were all concrete and like it didn't seem like they had like a planogram. Planogram in in retail mm-hmm. is basically corporate tells you how they want you to display the items. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I only know that because Kyle, my brother, works in retail. So. Yeah. Um. So it's like things are just kind of in an area where it might make sense. Yeah. And it's not very neat. Yeah. Um. So I don't know something about that um, that grocery store kind of just made me like ah this feels right. <laughs> it gave you a false sense of like ah oh, this makes me feel this makes me feel right, but this dude is gonna be a fucking monster. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I also got like a, a feeling of like I feel like that era just makes me feel depressed because it's all wood paneling and ugly shag carpeting and. Uh-huh. Things aren't as advanced as they are now, and like I don't know, I just don't like it. I get what you're saying. Um, speaking of monsters, what did you think of the the creature design? I thought that was really great because she looked human. Yeah, but like not so much. Like like if it was like a weird thing, you know? Well, the, like the, a humanoid thing or something. Yeah, because the way they described her yeah. is very like... Not not described her, but how she came to be Yeah, was very much like, okay, you could tell that she's a genetic freak. Yeah. Like, like, a, like a serious product of incest. Like, yeah, like very kind of almost like hills have eyes like... For reals. Yeah. Uh, apparently the creature is called the mother but which is very which is very but i'm just remembering the scene with the with the with the with the milk mm-hmm. that was like to feed like one like the mother wanted to feed aj the milk and there was like ugh, sorry <laughs> there was like that long strand of, of hair that was around the, mark has a thing about hair Oh, that's so gross. 
mm-hmm. the hair around the nipple. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, and that smell of all of, of all of that. <laughs> I mean, you obviously can't smell it, but <laughs> I can smell pictures sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, did it that weird you out more, or her trying to shove her boob in his mouth? Because her uh, boob was fucking filthy. Yeah. Like she was filthy. She was filthy. And she had all that hair on it. Like, her, the hair from her head was, like, on the boob as well. Uh-huh. And was, like, trying to, like, for... Oh, God damn it. That's it. This movie's gross. <laughs> this movie's so fucking <laughs> gross. The, so, so, am I hearing you correctly that the boob really didn't bother you that much? It was just the hair. No, it was everything. It was everything. <laughs> well, it's funny because you keep coming back to the hair. Well, because like, <sighs> just okay. I, I think I think okay. I think I <sighs> okay. <laughs> I think I keep coming back to the hair because that is something that has, like, it, 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 like when I see it, it's there. It's just like Wah! like this. It's like a monster. Like 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 whenever like whenever like my daughter. Uh, like takes a shower and she has like long strands of hair that's like in the tub mm-hmm. it's like oh like right there like you know and it's, it's very like i would say it's inconsiderate because you know who am i to say like well unless it's like it's a purpose not purpose unless it's like a uh, obvious mess right but when it comes to like the dirty boob like i can't i can't picture myself putting a dirty boob in my mouth mm-hmm. uh like the aj character he couldn't picture that as well but he was being forced it um, but I don't know something about because I think it's something about like the sight and the touch of it freaks me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. You know, with the dirty boob, it's just dirty. It just tastes disgusting. I don't know how to explain. I don't know. It's it's. Well, I think you're what partially. What I think you're trying to say is that uh, dirt is obviously gross. Yeah. In yeah. That context. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But hair to you is like. Almost like um, an unseen, like, like not unseen, but like something that most people don't think about. I think it has to go with like that has to be a phobia with like loose hair. I think it is, but there are times where you seem to kind of get over it. <laughs> I think, <laughs> but I think uh, it also depends on the person. Uh, let's see. Uh, phobia is the fear of seeing her. Okay, all right. So it is. It's called. Uh, it's called trichophobia. T r i, or trichophobia. T r i c h o phobia. I think it's a k-, k sound. Also, trichophobia. Yeah. Trichophobia. One such phobia is the fear of seeing or touching loose hairs, known as trichophobia. A phobia such as this can have a profound impact on your day to day life, since shedding shedding some hair is a natural process for healthy scalp. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it because I have a, I have a fear of like balding. Maybe you have an actual fear of balding. Not an actual fear of balding, but like showing your age and stuff like that is oh. like losing hair. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a clear sign you're like losing age. Oh, you're losing age. <laughs> you're of 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 aging <laughs> and of stress too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to be these guys who are like who's has thin hair and he's trying to hold on to it and stuff like that. Um, but seeing like loose hair like that. Maybe that has something to do with it as well. Mm-hmm. Like, may- I didn't really need to go back to therapy. <laughs> um, what else? What else? What else makes this movie so great? Is there anything not to like about this movie? Is there anything that you were just like, nah, that didn't work? 
Um, I, you know, if I'm, I'm nitpicking here, uh-huh. but Bill Skarsgård, when um, Georgina Campbell's character, when Tess came to him and said, there's a room downstairs. Oh, yeah. And he was like, didn't believe her. Yeah. Or he's like yeah. thinking like it's just storage and what the fuck is she talking about? Yeah. To me, it's like you don't know the house. Why wouldn't you believe her? Why wouldn't you think about it in that context where everyone else's mind would go? Like, what else do you think about when you think about a room with a camera and a dirty bed in it? I, I think that is a very. I think that's a very white thing. I'm sorry, no, I don't want to say a very white thing. A very white thing in horror films. I think it's a very white male thing. Oh, yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, there's even, like, there's that scene, like, there's that scene where um, where Tess, like, sees that door. And she, no, 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 she didn't even see the door. She, uh, maybe, maybe it was the point where she saw the door and she was just like, nope. Oh, she was looking down. She, she had. Was she looking down the stairs? No, she was looking through the door. She had pulled the door open and she looked in it yeah. as far as she could. Yeah. But she didn't have any light. But yeah. she's like, nope. Yeah, which is honestly, you know, there, there, there's a movie called Nope, you know, directed by Jordan Peele, a black director with a predominantly black cast. And the idea of just being like looking down a dark hallway or down a dark flight of stairs and saying, nope, that is a very black thing, you know, in, in horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the idea of Bill Sarsgaard, this this very white individual, who's just like, what are you talking about? What, I, I I haven't even seen it. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, but then not only does he not believe her, uh-huh. then he goes down there and probably sees it. And I think he said something like, like, oh shit, or something like that. Yeah. And then he doesn't respond. Like, he just keeps going. Yeah, he finds another door and keeps fucking going. Like... But then, but then, then again, as Alfred Hitchcock, as Alfred Hitchcock said, if the person calls nine one one in a in a thriller or in a horror film, it's a very boring movie. Mm-hmm. Like 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 nobody would see it. Yeah, which it makes sense in real life situation. Myself or Kelsey or anybody with half a brain would be like, yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and call the cops. But also, she did talk to the cops at one point, that is and true. that did not turn out in her favor. That is true. That cop automatically thought that she was a crackhead or yeah. like a homeless person or whatever. That is very true. Which, like, this movie kind of like fires. I won't say it fires on all cylinders, but it, it has multiple messages about like the um, the inability of police, uh, toxic masculinity, um, the downfall of the American dream. We can say that, like, mm-hmm. especially with that time jump that happens during the 80s. Um, and red flags, nonstop red flags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, but all in all, like pff, this movie was very good. If you're if you're listening to this in the spoiler section and have not seen this movie, you done fucked up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is definitely a movie that like I remember I saw the trailer one time. And then the people over at Beyond Fest was like, go in this movie blind. Like, read nothing about it. And I think, and if I remember correctly, I don't even think you saw a trailer for it, did you? I saw the trailer, I think, when you did. Mm, okay. And 
Uh, yeah, the one that they play the in the movie theaters yeah. is not the trailer that you find online. Yeah. Because it doesn't show any of the stuff about the whole, you know, like the the creature or any of that. But the one online uh-huh. shows you that. Which the creature? I, mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing the creature at all in the trailer online. I've, it shows more of... Uh, oh, it shows more... Okay, no, it does show more of, like, they're being chased by something. Or, like, there's terror around the corner or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, so what you... Like, I feel like that, the trailer online kind of gives... After having watched it, I don't know if you haven't watched it, if you watched the trailer uh-huh. online, like, if you can guess kind of, like, the misdirection already, but... yeah. Uh, I felt like it gave a little bit more away. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, so, what's your final say on on uh, Barbarian? One hundo. Go watch it. Go watch it. Go in it blind. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going going blind. Actually, go into the movie wearing a blindfold and just don't take the blindfold off. Mm. And enjoy it like that. Just enjoy the sounds. I have a random question for you. <laughs> it's okay. kind of a technical question. All right. About the podcast. Okay. I think we should give our opinion of go watch it or not before the spoiler section in case Uh, people jump. You know, I only figured that out after, what, 157 episodes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Three years later. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. I I, I don't know. I say it because I'm just like, it's a good way to kind of like draw an end to the review. It is. Yeah. But you know no i don't know you do know i know it's have the battle gi joe anyway what, what do we got next next da, 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 da. we're gonna do our variety time we went to d23 this past weekend mark and i first mark by himself because you know because i'm cool like that i'm cool like that i'm cool like that i took the day off from work (laughs) and i did not and the cat is crunching food (laughs) (sighs) fucking pocket of course it's pocket um so yeah we yeah we went to d23 uh and we're gonna talk a little bit about it our experience um what we saw what we didn't see and all that kind of stuff uh, so, yeah, I went there on Friday. I went to the uh, Legendary Ceremony. This is an event where uh, people who, who've who worked for Disney, uh, either in a creative capacity or in an acting capacity, um, get awards and considered as, like, legendary uh, individuals within the Disney, the Disney world. Mm-hmm. Which I think is pretty cool. Sometimes they have like, sometimes they have like designers, people who like design the parks. Sometimes they actually have like businessmen who are like came up with these great ideas of how to like expand the park. Um, they have like actors and actresses. Like they had Anthony Anderson, uh, Kristen Bell. Um, last year they had like Robert Downey Jr. Um, this year they had Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman was the last individual that they were given the award to, but his brother. Oh, I forget what his brother's name is. He came to accept the award. Um, I, I bring up the ceremony because when I... I'm sorry, not last year. When I went in 2019, because the pandemic hadn't hit yet. 
Um, when I went in 2019, Bob Iger was the boss. Um, so he came on stage and people were like cheering and everything because Bob Iger, his vision and his plan pretty much brought to brought Disney to where it's at now. Like, it like breathed new life into it. Yeah, and and they're very and the very uh, progressive ideology of like let's make things more inclusive, let's bring more uh, minorities into the fold, and all that kind of stuff. And, and also the storytelling. Like, make a platform like yeah the streaming platform yeah yeah exactly yeah bob Iger was one of the was one of the people who like really pushed for disney plus um and then he eventually retired and bob chapek took in uh is now like the ceo of disney and his his idea ideology is becoming more conservative a little less progressive um the whole thing that happened in florida with the abortion ban disney didn't Want to, like he made sure that Disney didn't make a statement about it or anything. Um, so when Bob Chapek came out, people were fucking booing him. Also, he didn't really fight uh, Governor DeSantis from yeah. taking their special status away. Yeah, exactly. Over in Florida, either. Yeah, and it was like it. It was so funny because like these are people who come to like the people who are there. They come to this because they want everything Disney. Everybody's like Disney, Disney, Disney. You know. Mm-hmm. Myself, not so much. I'm more like, what's going on with Marvel? What's going on with Lucasfilm? And all that kind of stuff. You know, mainly because of, of work, excuse me. But when Bob Chapek came on, people were actually booing him. And he and the funny thing is, like, he looked like the villain from uh, Iron Man. The Obadiah Stane, the oh, character yeah. Jeff Bridges that played. He had, like, he was bald. He had a beard and everything. There was a lady who was there as work for work as well. And we like we like made a comment about it. We're like laughing in the back and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then I, I walked the floor a little bit, which wasn't too bad. Um, the only thing I don't really like about walking the floor, I mean, like it's it's cool to like check out stuff, and they have like plenty of stuff you can purchase. But one of the things I don't like about walking the floor at D twenty three is that it is only specifically like Disney vendors, and it's not like independent vendors at all. Like it is only like products that Disney approved, or like um, what's it called? Uh, very very Disney theme displays and stuff like that, or Marvel th- displays. You know, like when you go to like Comic Con or WonderCon or whatever, all these other conventions. It's a, like an eclectic set of vendors. It's all different types of stuff. You might you might find some weird shit you never thought that you wanted to own. But when you go to like the floor, it's more just like, hey, this is what Disney's going to be showing. This is what Disney have. This is the theme parks, what we want to do. Um, oh, yeah, here's Hulu. Uh, sign up for this Hulu plan. Sign up for this plan. This, that, yakety smack. So I'm not a huge fan of like walking the floor. Um, but I had to on Friday because I had to get like some footage for the website. Which wasn't too bothered by that because I got paid for that shit. Well, I'm gonna get paid for it. Um, so yeah, that was like my Friday, and then Saturday. Uh, for Saturday, I let Kelsey uh, take it away from there. Um, we wanted to get there early enough. Mm-hmm. First of all, parking wasn't forty bucks like it usually is for Comic Con. I know it was twenty bucks. I know, so we got to not have to park down the street like we usually do. Yeah. Um, we wanted to get there before the Marvel panel, and uh, yeah, which was it was starting what ten o'clock, 
It started at 10 o'clock and they did their thing. They went through all of the, um, they did Star Wars first, I think, right? Yeah, it was Lucasfilm. Yeah, Lucasfilm first. Then they did uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. Then they did the Marvel Studios stuff. Yeah. Then they did uh, 21st Century Studios. Yeah. Do you do you want to talk about that now or you want to wait? You want to wait for that? Because you got some things to say about that shit. About the last thing? Yeah. Yeah. You I'll, wait, I'll wait. You'll wait? Okay. Um, well, what's, what's, what was your... What was your opinion on the the Lucasfilm stuff? Anything that like really caught your attention? I'm not a, as big a fan of things. Like I like experiencing them as they come, mm. so I don't understand a lot of what's being made sometimes, or yeah. like why people want it. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't remember m- pretty much most of the Star Wars stuff, except they have a show I think coming out that is kind of based off like the rogue one characters yeah and or yeah. yeah stars uh diego luna yeah mm-hmm. um that's all i remember for the lucasfilm stuff mm-hmm. what about the indiana jones shit is that lucas oh yeah that is lucas it's lucasfilm yeah it's lucasfilm oh well of course i'm into, I'm into that <laughs> for some reason i thought that came after marvel no, 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 no. Because like Marvel, I, I forgot that they were Lucasfilm. Like I didn't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's Lucasfilm. <sighs> I'm excited for that. That's the one. Like I like I'm excited. Like the Star Wars stuff, I'm excited for. Like they were showing off concept art for uh, the Ahsoka Tano show. Um, Dave Filoni and John Favreau have a new sh- another show coming out called like the Tales of the Jedi, which I think it looks pretty cool. Um, they show they had a new trailer for Andor. Mm-hmm. Which I'm excited about that as well because of I really like Rogue One. I think it's funny because they kind of showed that twice. The Andor one? Yeah, it was like they showed clips or something. And mm-hmm. then most of the clips they showed were in the trailer that they showed. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the case. So I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I feel like they were kind of stretching time. Yeah. Um, but like nothing like... Like I said, the only thing that 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 new that was new that they dropped was like the the Tales of the Jedi. Oh, now I remember Willow. They showed a bit of Willow because that's also Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Not a Willow fan. Like I seen the movie growing up like once or twice, but I'm not that maybe because it's like a sword and sorcerer like type type of adventure. Like, I'm kind what? of interested though in it because mm-hmm. of I forgot already who's going to be in it, but I know that I was like, oh shit, that person's in it. Oh, Christian Slater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, Which I like, think is kind of weird. Exactly. I'm like, why, why Christian Slater in this? Because he has like a, he has a very contemporary type of acting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very Jack Nicholson e his acting. I know you and I have had a discussion about like a disagreement about it. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's agree that I'm right and disagree that I'm wrong. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. You said that right. Yes. But you're wrong, but you said it right. <laughs> um, but you said you said you're kind of interested in that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, how so? I think just because Jack Nicholson is in I'm not Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Slater. Yeah. Christian Slater is in it. Jack, starring Jack Nichol- Slater? <laughs> Jack Nichol- Slater. <laughs> um, I think that's kind of it. I think that maybe that story would be really cool with the updated graphics. Willow? Yeah, I've never, oh, yeah, I never saw the old one, but um, I think because it seems to have a lot of love 
Oh, yeah. That movie like, has a lot of... It's a very strong cult following. Yeah, so I'm kind of like... I I kind of want to see what it's all about. Yeah. I'll, I, like, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I'll probably have to... I'll more than likely have to rewatch the movie, which is currently on Disney+, Plus. so that's not much of an issue there. Did, um... Did Christian Slater stick around then? And then he's like, oh, yeah, what about our other project? No. That was... Who stuck around for that? I feel like that happened a couple times. Like, Don Cheadle stuck around for another project. I think that was him. Uh, I think maybe Diego Luna managed to stick around for a little bit longer, but I can't remember It wasn't for another project, though. Okay. I think it was Don Cheadle. Oh, okay. Um, So, yeah, there was that. Um, so the Lucasfilm, the, 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 the Indiana Jones one, which we still don't have a title for the fifth Indiana Jones film. Um, that presentation, I really felt that one because Phoebe Waller came out. Uh, I think it's Phoebe Waller Bridge. I think that's how you say her. Um, that's her name. And Harrison Ford came out and he was just like almost brought to tears mm-hmm. because he like loves that Indiana Jones role. And I'm sure he felt that, like, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull wasn't, like, a proper send-off. Mm-hmm. But he, him him and James Mangle were talking about how, like, they're very excited to show this movie. And you can tell there's so much passion, like, that they give it into this project to be like, this is the Indiana Jones that you're going to want. Mm-hmm. And they even showed a trailer. And I was like, I got fucking goosebumps while watching it. Um uh, I am a little bothered that there's clearly some de-aging going on, and it's kind of fucking obvious. Really? Yeah, you couldn't tell? I wasn't paying enough attention to look for it. Ah, ah. Um, I mean, I was paying enough attention to watch the trailer, but I wasn't like, what does he look like? (laughs) I know he's old as fuck anyway, so I don't want to be like feeling bad about that yeah so it's 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 very curious of like how they're gonna do this because if it's a if it's a hit like do they just stop doing indiana jones movie or do they like reboot it or do they does he give it like a proper send-off like all right he's here's gonna be the next indiana jones or like whatever i wonder if phoebe waller bridge takes over she seemed to have a blast and i know that they explored that before with shia labeouf i think yeah, because Shia LaBeouf plays his son. Right. But that didn't really pan out. So yeah. I wonder if that maybe she might take the mantle. That'd be interesting. I would like that. Yeah. She's, she's really funny. She's a really good actress, too. Isn't she a writer, too? She's an excellent writer. Yeah. You gotta watch that uh, that show, Fleabag. I tried that show. I gave it one episode. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like she's too fucking stilted. Like uh, she was like gotcha. annoyingly stilted. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, well, I know you did enjoy uh, Killing Eve. She's yeah, I love that. that. Mm-hmm. She, she's written for that show. Um, so yeah, Lucasfilm was was pretty good. They didn't they didn't announce anything big with like their movies. Like mm-hmm. don't like no talk about Ryan Johnson's film. Nothing about Taco Waititi's Star Wars film or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course. The big thing was Marvel. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like waiting to hear news. And at the time when uh, rumors had started that like. Like Henry Cavill was going to show up. Yeah. that <laughs> Yeah. He was going to show up like he was going to show up at Comic-Con. Uh, how supposedly Marvel had nabbed Henry Cavill, John Boyega, Denzel Washington, uh, Jody, uh, Jody. Comer? Jo- yeah. Jody Comer. Um 
John Carlos Espedito. I think that's it for like these roles for like these certain roles in, in this in the Star Wars movies. Even though Henry Cavill has shown Henry Cavill has shown interest, but like I think he likes being Superman too much. And I personally have asked John Boyega like during an interview, like, would you ever do a Marvel project? He's just like, I'm cool, like doing independent films now because mm-hmm. I've done the franchises. Like I'm I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and plus, it's the same different but same same like yeah it's just another disney yeah it's just a, it's just another building for disney yeah like another another wing of disney um but yeah none of those rumors came out to be true i remember laughing my ass off near the end when, mm-hmm. like none of that happened um is there anything of marvel that that piqued your interest a few things did um uh iron heart yeah, that looked that looked pretty. That good. looked really good. Yeah, because it kind of leans hard into mm. like it's not whitewashed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like it doesn't feel like a white person wrote it, or mm-hmm. like they're trying to like put it like I don't know. I I just I think it looks cool. Yeah, it's a very it's a very black show. It's it's different. I would I would say that it's kind of like. I would kind of say it reminds me a little bit. I know you haven't really watched it, but it kind of reminds me of Miss Marvel, where it's like ground level superhero kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's like a teenager. It kind of makes me think of uh, Black Lightning. Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So I'm interested in that. I'm interested in the Marvels. That that trailer looked so fucking dope. Mm-hmm. The Nia DaCosta uh, film. That trailer looks so fucking dope, mm-hmm. and it like it, it the music was the 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 backdrop of, uh, the music backdrop was of, um, Intergalactic by uh, the Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. and I was just like, all right, I'm totally, I'm totally <laughs> fucking feeling this movie. Um, Nick Fury has like his own backstory show, I think. Oh, Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks pretty good. It's it's interesting because like, it's Secret Invasion is going to lead into Armor Wars, which is another Don Cheadle project. Yeah. Which um, I really wish they showed something from Armor Wars. That one I'm so in- in- interested. But in I watching. think they haven't started filming yet. Yeah, they said that. Uh, but I was hoping at least see like some concept art. Yeah. Uh, of that project. Um. Did they say something about um, the guy who plays Bucky? Yeah. Um, it came out that the Thunderbolts, they have their team. Oh, yeah. Thunderbolts. They show their team, which is, uh, what's her name? Yolanda Blosevich or whatever, who's going to be. So, like, the team is Black Widow's sister, Black Widow's dad, Bucky, Ghost, who was the bad guy from uh ant-man 2 mm-hmm. and then taskmaster who was the bad guy from the black widow movie um and then uh what's her name julie louis dreyfus who showed up oh now i remember uh the guy who played the guy who wanted to be captain america who was a uh, yeah like, u.s agent mm-hmm. yeah um his <sighs> wyatt russell there you go that's the actor's name yeah it's going to be back as a U.S. agent. And then Julie Drivers, who showed up in uh, 
Falcon, Falcon and the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah, she's gonna show up. I, I, I saw this. I, I saw the picture. Like they and they showed a, they showed a group picture, like a like a concept art of the, of the group and everything. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's cool. But when you look at it, it's four super soldiers, mm-hmm. one assassin, and one like essentially a person that phases through walls. That's like the, that's the team. It's like well, four, and then one person who is be basically like a puppeteer like pulling everyone's strings yeah yeah oh yeah nice yeah i because i had tweeted i was like oh yeah it's all this and their manager yeah <laughs> some somebody does um somebody had a theory that i, I don't I, and i don't remember where I, I remember i saw on twitter but i don't remember who tweeted this but a person had noticed that the background like behind him it's very uh open like mm-hmm. potential of having somebody else there mm-hmm. and somebody had drawn like the abomination in, in the background mm. which it makes sense because the abomination has shown up like blonsky has showed up in the she hulk series um but like he's supposedly had like turned into like a peaceful individual and stuff like that so i don't know how they're going to incorporate that if that is true i don't i wouldn't mind it um it does suck that baron zemo is not part of the thunderbolts which he was the leader in the comics yeah i think i would have loved that yeah and like zemo and was- i think him and the Red, what is he? Red Skull? Yeah. Wait, no. Oh, oh Baron Zemo. Oh, Baron Zemo's the guy with the purple. Remember, he has the purple no, mask No, no, no. On? I know who he is. Um, mm. uh, Black Widow's dad. Oh, um, his name is gave me. I, I think it was It's like Rush- the Red some- R- Rush. Oh, Red something. I just think of him as Russian Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Russia. Captain Russian. Um... I think they would have like made a great uh, like conflict within the group. Oh yeah, like a, like a banter, like back and forth, and shit like, like they that. didn't like each other, but they understood each other in a way because of the the geography of where they're from. Yeah, Red Guardian. There you go. That, yeah. that that's the David Harbour's character is Red Guardian. I knew it was Red something. <laughs> it's a uh, red underwear. I know oh, Red Captain America. <laughs> Um, let me see. I'm trying to think what else. So that I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever. Yeah. Oh my god. Every time I look at that trailer, I get a little like choked up. Um, but yeah, they showed a clip of Wakanda Forever. So stoked for that movie. I can't. Oh, I can't wait for that movie to come out. I'm stoked for it too, but I kind of can't wrap my head around where they're gonna go with it still. Yeah, a lot of people are guessing. Um, and I'm not excited to see Shuri at oh, all. I really of, don't care about her at all. Oh, because of Letitia Wright's politics and mm-hmm. how anti-vax she is and stuff like that. And how rude she is about it. Yeah, yeah. She comes off as a very, like, you're stupid for thinking vaccines. are Like, like she, she equates it to, like, the Bible as the mark of the beast and stuff like that, which is kind of like... My whole thing is, like, if you want to believe that, that's cool, but, like, don't use your platform to, like, spread that around. No, because she totally demystified her character. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of people have pointed out, too, of, like, how can you play, like, one of the smartest characters in the in the MCU and be, like, this dumb? She didn't fall as hard as uh, Kara, um, that girl, um, who, the big girl from uh, Mandalorian. Oh, uh, Gina Carana? Yeah. Psh. Woo! 
But they're like... That girl fucked up. I know. That's what I'm saying. Letitia Wright was heading in that direction. Uh-huh. Like, around the same time. But she... I think she was like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. Yeah. I think Disney was like, stop that now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that the reason why Gina Carano was like, nah, I'm going to keep saying this, blah, 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 is because Gina Carano comes from a wealthy family, mm-hmm. and she probably wasn't told no very often. Yeah. Um, but Letitia Wright, she, she's like, I don't want to fuck with this money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even though when she was there, because they had some of the cast of Black Panther, they had Winston Duke there, um, Angela Bassett, Letitia Wright, uh, the homeboy who plays uh, Namor. Um, but Letitia Wright, you can tell that like, she didn't want to be there. They she, had Mbaku there too. Yeah, yeah Winston Duke. Oh. <laughs> I like to refer to him sometimes as Batman because he he did black Batman. <laughs> no, he he did a he played. Why he's got to be black? Because he's black. Oh my God, you know not everything's about race, Kelsey. It is when it's black Batman. But he's not black Batman in the comic. Not, sorry, not the comics. Let me let me go finish what I was gonna say. There's an audio drama where he does he plays the voice of Batman, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a no way indicating that his character is black. They're just like, boom, he's Bruce Wayne, like that's so it. he's white face. Got it. I'm just kidding. My God, <laughs> you know I don't mean that shit. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, Have so you know what I'm starting to realize hmm. it's getting harder and harder as I get older for me to tell like people's race by how they sound. Like, I felt like it was much easier when I was younger. Uh-huh. And I think... Because um, you were prejudiced back then. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I could totally see, like, Winston Duke playing the voice of Batman in an audiobook. Mm-hmm. And, like, not knowing that it's a black person. Or, yeah, like, I could see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what else happened? Quantumania. They showed a trailer of that. But I, from what I understand, that trailer was actually at Comic-Con. Oh, okay. During the Marvel panel. I'm actually interested in that one because for once, I feel like they're telling a story that I fucking want to watch. I don't like Ant-Man. And I don't like... Yeah, I remember I remember you did not dig the uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I also didn't really care for the first one that much either. Yeah. I just feel like his energy is really frenetic. Okay. And I'm like, he just has me anxious all the time, like a kid in the back seat screaming their head off, and you just want to tell them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But, but, but like, but I feel like one, this one is like... You're feeling it. He seems to have calmed down a little bit. Yeah. Um, There's, like, this whole familial, like energy that's going on like some things are going on within the family and his daughter's older and she's getting more into like what he's getting into yeah yeah um plus in this one we are we finally get jonathan majors we got to look at jonathan majors as kane the conqueror mm-hmm. which i i thought they were gonna blue face him but no he just looks like whatever like regular that dude is fucking scary jonathan majors i'm terrified of him really yeah like when he has like this evil look on his face Ah. there aren't very many actors there are some Uh. but there aren't very many who can make me like like uh john carlo esposito is one of them yeah yeah like take them fucking seriously Uh. i feel like if we met in the bathroom at the con Uh. i'd be dead speaking of which Jan Carlos, he got the crowd fucking hyped <laughs> during the Echo panel. Uh-huh. Um, 
No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. During the 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 Mandalorian season three panel, he would like it was like if if it was like a sermon. And we're oh, like yeah. at church and shit. I'm like, yes, Lord, sing to me. You know, like all that kind of shit. Like, I remember leaning over to Kelsey and I was like, I want him to be my hype man. Yeah. He gets the, he gets the crowd Riley. Um, I so like Riley. him. Um, that was my second favorite. My first favorite mm-hmm. was um, the one who kept like talking to the audience. There was like two people. I forgot what they were. Oh, it was it was Paul Rudd and oh, yeah. uh, Evangel- Evangelili. And they were like, there's like, there's a lot of... No, no said, Lily Evangelista. Isn't that it? No, it's Evangel... It's, a, it's Evangel... Evangeline Lily. There you go. Um, <laughs> We're all fucking up right now. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, Because they got, you said Evangelili. I'm like, what? Her name's weird. <laughs> everybody seems weird. Um, yeah, everybody was... Uh, they were hyping up the crowd. Because Paul Rudd, is, he was... Uh, he's on like Time, not Time, People's Magazine's like Sexiest Man Alive, like last year or two years ago or something like that. And like they were just making jokes of like. <laughs> he's like, they made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, right. And they were like, John, like John the Major should have been like Sexiest Man Alive and everything. But then they were like, oh, actually, this is the sexiest, sexiest audience in the world or some shit like that. <laughs> that- Except for you. You this section over here yeah they're just like <laughs> fucking around with everybody which i thought it was fun it was like a good laugh yeah um one thing i did enjoy I, i'm actually looking forward to is a uh, werewolf by night oh yeah that looks good because it's, it's in black and white it's told in like like classic horror like 1950s fashion um i actually know a couple things about about that show that like i can't Say it. On, I can't say it on the podcast. Who's the director for that one again? Uh, I don't remember who the showrunner is. But um, I know they did something else previously, and we were like, "Oh yeah, that's gonna be fucking good." Uh, let me see. Like, and I like the way they shot it, like based on the trailer, uh-huh. because it it has a lot of the older film DNA. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, let me see if I can find that IMDb page. Um. That one looks really good, though. So it's a TV special. Uh, the showrunner, huh? Can't it... find it. Oh, it's Michael uh, Giacchino. He's the, he was the composer for uh, the Batman. Oh yeah. And from what I from what I heard, he's a he's actually a good director. Yeah. Um, let me see. Like, I know they mentioned some of the things that he's directed when he was on stage. Yeah, because he, he's, he's composed, like, a lot of stuff like Sky High, the Muppets Wizard of Oz. Uh, he's done some work on The Incredibles. Um, he scored Mission Impossible 3, The Karate Guard, uh, Ratatouille, like, Zootopia. He's done scores on a lot of great stuff. Um I think Kevin Feige was like, shit, we could do a whole con just like on his work. Yeah. Um, so this is, from from my understanding, this is like his first like, actual directing. Uh, yeah, this is an actual first directing project. Uh, but I'm very curious about this one. Oh, I, I thought they said he had directed things before. He's, he's worked, he, as in, 
Let me see. He's done a short film called Monster Challenge, and he's done Star Trek's short short tracks. He's done an episode, but he's mainly just done. And he's done. I think he's done some consulting work on films, but never like actually directed it ah, like a feature. Gotcha. Um. Oh, Loki season two. Oh fuck yeah! Ooh, that one. That's looking good. Holy shit! <laughs> Looks good. Looks really good. Um. And that was funny because they were like naming off like this show and this show and this show and this show and this movie and blah 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 blah. and then they showed they're like we're gonna have our first second season (laughs) and everyone's like and they're like loki and we're like yeah yeah um and then like oh i forgot to mention they started the show the moral section by doing the uh, I can do this all day play or oh, song yeah. by the the by uh, that fake the fake Broadway show Rogers, mm-hmm. which I thought was really great. Um, like on in Hawkeye, I thought it was stupid. I was like, this is really annoying. But seeing it live, I was like, holy shit, that was actually pretty fucking fun. <laughs> they um, even had a live band. Yeah, live band and everything, and the performers and all that stuff. So the show, it could have ended there, right? Like the way how Marvel was blown off the fucking roof and everything. Mm-hmm. But then they decided to just end it with a with a thud. <laughs> Kelsey, how did they end it with a thud? Everyone's favorite movie in the entire world. Directed by James Cameron. Or, as they introduced him, Jim Cameron. That was weird. Just call me Jim. Um, you know, it has... Um, what's her name from Alien? Oh, Sigourney Weaver? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that she comes back. Mm-hmm. Well, not, her character doesn't exactly come back, but she voices another character. Was she... Um, she was in a movie of his that's not this franchise, Aliens. Another one too, right? No. Recently? Within the last five years? Avatar? Well she wasn't in Terminator? No, she's no, that's that's uh Oh the name has escaped me, but no, that's not the same actress. Mm. Well what I'm saying is Avatar. And I'm so annoyed. The Shape of Water. No, I'm sorry. What? Different movie. Uh, what's it called? The Something of Water. I don't know. The. Linda Hamilton plays Sarah Connor. Uh, what is the Avatar 2? Let me see. Avatar. Oh, The Way of Water. Oh, The Way of Water. The Way of Water. My mistake. They have another one already lined up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 they have two more films lined up, it seems like. Yeah, Avatar 3 and Avatar... Uh, the Tolkien Writer. That is supposed to... Wow. that's. I think there's actually supposed to be a part five as well. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we have all the... I know they said they were working on shit, yeah. but it totally went out of my mind because <laughs> I was so annoyed that they were talking about the second one. <laughs> yeah, like and and what they what they did is they gave they let they actually showed um the, the people in the audience um like a 3D uh, yeah, 3D presentation of the movie, 
with like five separate scenes. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is like, first of all, this show's going on. This show has gone on for three hours already. Yeah, like it's past time. Yeah, people are burnt out. Everybody's hungry. Okay, and like they say, in the presentation by showing five clips from this Avatar movie. By clip three, I felt like we were we were we were we were being held hostage. Yes, <laughs> because the clips weren't like thirty seconds; they were like two, three minutes long. Yeah, yeah, and there's like there's like little to no context. You're just like, here's a scene, here's all the stuff happening, and then cut. Here's another scene. Here's all the stuff happening, and cut like that. And yeah, and there's no introduction of the scenes in between either. Yeah, and some of them are just like, look how beautiful they are underwater. Yeah, which I will admit, I think the movie does look very beautiful, but I don't know. Maybe because it's been 14 years since the first one has come out, I have little to no interest in watching this movie. I like, and to tell you the truth, we we are going to review it for the podcast when it comes out, but I'm not like on the edge of my seat, like I can't wait to watch this movie. I can't wait to watch it. It's not because there's been so much time for me. I really didn't like the first one. Not even the way how it looked. It was okay. Did you watch? Did you see it in theaters in 3D or did you just watch it on TV? I think I watched it on TV. Yeah, see, like that, that the first one, like the 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 plot is very by the numbers. It's Fern Gully. It's Dance with Wolves. It's you know the Last Samurai. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it's the only thing that made the movie work was the the, the special effects, the 3D. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I feel like if if avatar 2 really wants to blow people's minds they have to make it 3d Mm -hmm. but you do not have to wear special glasses Mm. like just 3d like that i think that would be like whoa holy shit i liked the tree in the first avatar (laughs) that's it i like the tree yeah the one that came to life and was like talking yeah Mm -hmm. did that happen i think so I don't think it it's was been, talking. It's been I think so they long. were like connected with it. Yeah, that part. But happened. you know, like in my brain, it was talking because you know, maybe I get it a little twisted with Pocahontas. But <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> the um, when so they showed the first three clips, and mostly I kind of thought the pretty ones kind of looked like really cool screensavers. Yeah, I like it was that slow. That. Like when Apple, when Apple, um, their little box does their screensaver thing. I'm like, that uh, totally could be like a streaming uh, box. Is like, oh yeah, I can see that screensaver. Screensaver, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that was our experience with D23. <laughs> and they were handing out posters, and you're like, I don't want a poster. I don't want a poster. And then you stopped and waited in line and grabbed a poster, and you're like, Why did I grab this? I didn't even want it. And I, it you, I didn't think you grabbed one. Then I looked at your hand. I'm like, Why did you take a poster? Because you did. <laughs> and we didn't keep them. We like we just whoop, just put them over here. Yeah, like, well, you were gonna. You're like, I'm gonna throw it away. I'm like, Don't throw it away. Someone probably wants it. And we came back, and it was go- they were gone. And they were gone. <laughs> going to do our geriatric cinematic of Vincenzo Natali's Cube. A cube. 26 rooms high. 
26 rooms across. 17,576 rooms. Does anybody remember how they got here? Why would they throw innocent people in here? Are we being punished? There's a way in here, so there's got to be a way out. Do you think they'd go to all the trouble to build this thing if we could just walk out? Take a good long look around. Cause I got a feeling it's looking at us. We have about three days without food and water before we're too weak to move. I just want to wake up. This film came out in 1997. The synopsis is, six complete strangers with widely varying personalities are involuntarily placed in an endless maze containing deadly traps. Directed by Vincenzo Natali. Written by Andre Bijelic, Graham Manson, and Vincenzo Natali. It stars Nicole DeBoer, Nikki Guadagni, David Hewlett, Andrew Miller, and Maurice Dean Wint. So, 1997's Cube. Um, yeah, I remember watching this movie, and it blew my fucking mind. Um, it's, just, it's cuberific. It's cuberific. I would say I my mind was barbecued. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think no one on this earth... Uh, with the exception of Vincenzo Natali, has ever wondered what it's like to be in a Rubik's Cube. But he did, and he made a movie about it. Yes, he, he did. And uh, we're talking about it. Um, it, it was, I tell you, it was really a blast to rewatch this movie. Uh, I, I, almost, I almost completely forgot how, like, very low budget it is and very, like, 90s in, in its style. Mm hmm. Um, this movie was not a huge hit when it first came out because they didn't know how to advertise it, and it wasn't until like um, it reached to like uh, France that it really like or or European countries mm-hmm. that it really blew up. Um, it has like a really strong uh, cult following, so much so that like there's two sequels, which is Cube uh, Two, was it? it's Cube Two Hypercube, and then Cube Zero, which is considered the prequel. Um. But as per usual, no one gives a shit about my opinion. The most important opinion of them all is Kelsey's. Kelsey, what did you think about Cube? I liked the movie. Mm-hmm. You seem kind of hesitant, though. No, um, I guess I'm going to start off by saying that it did feel late 90s to me. Yeah, And definitely. I didn't love that. Uh-huh. Like, um, it kind of brought me back to, like how made-for-TV films kind of look a little bit. Oh, yeah. I guess, yeah. I totally agree And that always kind of brings me back to how depressing my family life was when I was growing up. (laughs) So. How so? Like, um, I remember being in the 90s, and I felt like I was being held hostage by my dad and my stepmom. Oh, no, because you're... I remember those stories. And And also, it was like you were very limited, yeah, I to what you can watch. I could watch Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. and Sunday morning and Nova and Channel 5 News. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of joyful uh, television watching. Mm. A lot. A lot. I could play Nintendo once a year. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Maybe twice a year for an hour. So what, um, what did you like about Cube? The whole concept. 
Oh, the, the whole, like, they're trapped in the box. They don't know what's going on or why they're trapped there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, go on. Um, I like that they're not all together at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, some of them they kind of encounter along the way. Yeah. And they all have different um, qualities that will help them get through. Yeah, we have the girl who's the <clears throat> who's essentially like the mathematician, mm-hmm. uh, Levin. Um, it's funny because like in situations like that, like let's say like post-apocalyptic situations or like the end of the world is coming. Generally, the doctor is normally seen as like that's the one you want to like um, pair up with because if you get injured, the doctor will help you. You know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this uh, Holloway, who who's the, who is the doctor, she seemed almost the least helpful. I one of the characters I liked the least was her. And yeah, not because I thought that the character was bad, mm-hmm. like or annoying or anything. Just I don't think she was written very well because sometimes she was helpful and yeah, like the heart the of the group, but then yeah. also there were times where she was like very almost militant about the way she was thinking or like kind of like yeah i can see that conservative in a way yeah. and you're like what like what i couldn't peg down like what she was supposed to be yeah yeah um you know the uh the math person levin mm-hmm. i didn't like her character either that much really See, I, li- I liked her character, Levin, and the guy, uh, Worth, played by David uh, Hewlett. I liked him um, because he was very, he was very like, there's no point. But, like, whenever he was working with Levin, it seemed like their chemistry was working out really well. I think that's, like, when I started to like her. Oh, okay. when When it was just those two. Yeah. When they started really working together. Mm-hmm. I thought... Um, Quentin's uh, spiral was interesting. Yeah, I, I, I especially like that because that character starts off as like the guy you want to trust. Yeah, here's the hero. Here's the guy who's gonna put everything in order. Who's gonna be like, who has the plan? And as the movie progresses, he just gets he just devolves worse and worse and worse and worse and becomes ends up becoming essentially the killer. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I read on the IMDb page, and it's in, it's in, in the movie, only two people are actually killed by the traps. Mm-hmm. The rest are killed by Quentin. Like, they quit, <laughs> they're killed by another person. Yeah. You know, which kind of, like, tells you about how um, kind of, like, the, the, the this movie's underlying message, which I think is, like, the devolving of society. When, like, a terrible incident happens, how people just lose their fucking minds and mm-hmm. don't know how to uh, how to react to it. Yeah. I think that, too. I also have a hard time with movies like this. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I'm surprised I like it. Okay. Because I don't like... Because I feel movies more than I think the average person does. And when you put me basically with this movie mm. that I am um, that I'm like always put myself into the movies and I feel trapped with these people. Oh, okay. I not, gotcha. not, it's not the whole experience of being trapped, mm. but like, I feel like I'm being trapped in the movie with these people. Like, like the mindset, like the mind. Yeah. Like the mindset, like, like zombie apocalypse movies mm. or like, mm. you know, um, 
what other movies are there that are like a group of people where you have like different personalities yeah like uh kind of like a, a rapture setting or something like that or like the fall or just like the fall society mm-hmm. in, in generally speaking yeah like uh 28 days later or whatever yeah yeah could yeah. be like that yeah. like i don't like those kinds of movies usually um there are exceptions obviously 28 days later was good mm. um because there's always one person who won't shut the fuck up do you feel i kind of feel holloway was kind of that character in a sense yeah, yeah i thought she was um and i like i know we kind of like argued a little bit about it like mm. we disagreed because you're like that's how people are and i'm like that's why i don't like it because i don't <laughs> like people <laughs> like i like people uh-huh. but i don't want to deal with their bullshit if i don't have to like so so for me to have to sit there and uh-huh. listen to holloway you know or like watch uh quentin do his thing or like you know when i didn't like levin because she was annoying child basically uh-huh. like yeah she's like i'm nobody special I'm i just felt like i was on a that. fucking road trip that never ended <laughs> you know so so would you say that <laughs> would you say that uh given the chance would you would do the same thing quentin did to holloway no <laughs> because she wasn't as annoying at the end okay yeah yeah because she i felt like because she needed to she needed to focus on something mm-hmm. to be a more uh productive member in the team mm-hmm. um and i think that's where uh uh Kazan comes in andrew miller's character the, mm-hmm. the mentally challenged individual um or sorry uh different what's the i think it's the proper term is differently able i think it's the proper term mm-hmm. um yeah she was like able to take care of him and focus like kind of center herself so she won't be like paranoia and stuff like that like i can totally like if she like if this character was alive today i could totally picture her being like a QAnon fan or some mm-hmm. shit like that um and because she because at one point her character was like, I knew it, I knew it, I read all this information, and it was it's a government um, trap or a government secret government of uh, testing site, blah 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 blah, and all that kind of stuff. But when like where Kazan came in, she was like able to take care of something and actually like contributed contribute to the group. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. Like it, it felt like the movie got better. Like it wasn't that bad at the beginning because you're mm-hmm. basically where they are and they don't know what's going on. But as they settled into their roles, mm-hmm. I think is when I was like, oh, this movie is actually really good. Yeah. Um, the other thing is the doctor wasn't a doctor doctor. She was like a psychiatrist or something like that. Was she really? It's, it seemed, yeah, that's what she was. I mean, obviously yeah. those doctors, they do have to do residency, I think, for like a year or two. Yeah, yeah. So she wasn't like a bullshit doctor, but like... I think that's why she ended up with um, Kazan because oh she knew how to take care of mm-hmm. an individual like that. It'd be funny if she was a doctor, but she was a doctor of like philosophy. <laughs> like, what's the, what's the point of you being here? <laughs> she, you know, could get into the mind of the people who made the cube. Yeah, um, you know, I have a, I have a question for you. I just thought about this. Um, so, um, so these characters. The only thing that's connected to the cube or to like this, this to this company is worth. It's the character worth. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he was thrown in there? Because I don't I don't remember him saying why he was thrown in there. 
I think he was like, um, you know how puzzles always have like a key? Mm-hmm. Like some, there are certain puzzles like, um, like you can't solve them without a little help. Yeah. Like a starting off point. Oh, so you're thinking maybe he was a starting off point? Yeah, like they were just running around in circles until, like he had the information about the outside of the cube for Levin to be able to be like, oh, like this is uh, what the numbers mean yeah, then. Yeah, maybe, maybe, and also maybe because like, because my mind, I'm thinking like maybe he saw something or said something that he shouldn't have said, and they're like, well, we got to get rid of this person, so throw him in the cube or whatever Mm -hmm. but yeah you're right like he was that key to like if you give if you give the people a little bit of the puzzle or or hints of the puzzle like maybe they'll be able to figure their way out right um and yeah words worth became something worth (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, like I don't, I don't know if I really have like a favorite character in within the group. Maybe, maybe the guy who played the. Um, let me see if I can find his name. The guy who played the the escape artist. Uh, oh, Ren. Yeah, Ren, uh, played by Wayne Robinson. Um, I thought that was. I actually thought that was pretty funny. How, oh, they have an escape artist here, <laughs> and you're thinking like. If you if 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 it's the first time you're watching this movie, they're like, all right, he's probably gonna be able to lead him like to, a way to get out. Mm-hmm. And he gets like dispatched like 15 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Like, nope, he's dead. <laughs> Which I, I think I, I I've always enjoyed that part. Even like rewatching because I see this movie several times. But even like every time I watch it, I'm just like, yeah, he dies. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, when the movie began, did you already have an idea of? how they were going to get out no i did not okay i really thought they were stuck in there forever <laughs> yeah because Nor- that's the thing I, there 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 is there is history of me showing you a movie where like the end's gonna be like this huge reveal you know or some shit and you kind of figure it out within like the first 20 minutes of the movie but usually it's something psychological or like they try to do the like the sleight of hand thing where you're looking at one hand, but uh, it's actually the other hand. Yeah, like yeah. It's, you, you know, they want you to look at one character, but it's usually another character. Yeah, yeah. Um, the case in point was like, uh, what's it called? The Usual Suspects. Oh yeah. You, you figured out. You figured out who the Kevin Spacey character was. Really fucking quit. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I guess too. Like in this movie. I never really placed my bets fully on any of the characters mm-hmm. because I've seen The Walking Dead. Seriously. So, like, I'm like, so I guess, I guess it would have been more shocking to watch, like, Quentin spiral downward, but, like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I wasn't as surprised that he turned. Yeah. But it was still fun to watch. Um mm. But, like, you know, even even if you don't predict that they're going to get out, you could predict, I guess, like, who would be, like, the bad guy or the good guy or who's going to die first or whatever. Yeah. And I didn't really predict that either because I kind of viewed them all, like, on a level playing field. Yeah. Do you think that maybe... Did you have any idea that maybe that, that, that out of all the people that survived, that uh, Kazam was going to be the one who survived? I did. Mm-hmm. But not for the reason... 
not just because he just walked out because everyone else was like fighting. Yeah. I thought, because I've watched movies where like the guy who plays like someone who's, you know, differently abled or whatever Mm. ends up being like a fucking mastermind. So I thought he was in on it and was like. So you thought it was the usual suspects kind of kind of thing. Yeah, or like yeah. even uh, Squid Games. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, 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 that ending. Yeah, I also, I also kind of think that like that character probably had plot armor because no one really want to watch a movie where someone differently able gets like murked in a horrible fashion. Yeah, because I, I think that just kind of ruins the entire movie. Yeah, if, if that were to happen, um, it's pretty interesting because in Cube Zero. You find out who, what that who that character is. Mm. Like you actually get into that character's backstory gotcha. and, and how how they ended up in the cube, um, which I wouldn't really really mind revisiting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything else that you like. What do you think of what do you think about uh, Vincenzo Natal's uh, directing? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, there were some pacing issues, but not too much. Yeah. Um, the the design of the rooms was interesting too. You know that was a single room. That was just one room. Even though you could see like other rooms through the hole. Yeah, like it, like like the other holes for the room. That was just like enough space so you can just see like what it is. Mm-hmm. But for the rooms, um, let me see. I want to make sure I want to get this correctly. Um, director Vincenzo, director Vincenzo Natal, oh no, actually I took the bat. Okay, on set. The second thing, just one cube changed to different colors by means by by means of gel panels. Since it was time consuming process to change from one to another, the film was not shot in sequence, rather color by color. Uh, the red gels were first first to be installed, meaning all scenes in the rooms were shot first. As it happens, red rooms contain oh dialogue, heavy dialogue scenes, uh, including words big. There is no conspiracy speech. Um, so yeah, the film had a modest modest budget, but it was like a super tight schedule. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just like that one cube. They just like changed like the color the the gel the color gels, it's like swapped them out. Mm. Um, which I thought, which you know, the way how that movie plays out, you would swear like they had at least like five or six rooms like laid out for them yeah. to like go into to and, crawl through and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that, apparently that wasn't the case. I think too. I was a bit annoyed that they didn't like drop down or go up enough it was always like side to side yeah that's true they like like they, almost always yeah they went down like they went like one they went up once or i'm uh, sorry they went up or down like a couple of times but yeah i don't know like Maybe, like, logistically speaking, it's just easier for them to crawl from, like, one side to the next or something like that. And yeah. not, and not to tire themselves out trying to, like, crawl up or crawl down. Um, but, yeah, I think that I think this is actually a really good film, especially for, like, a, uh, a director. This was, like, his first feature film. He's done, like, a, at the time, Vicenzo Natal had done only one short and one episode of a TV series. And then he did this movie. Oh, wow. Uh, ooh, Cypher. I remember that movie. That movie was bad. <laughs> Um, however, um, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Vincenzo Natal, sorry, Vincenzo's, Vincenzo? 
Yes, for Vincenzo. But I think it's actually pronounced Vincenzo. Vincenzo? Vincenzo. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm a fan of his work that sometimes I tend to recognize it whenever I watch a program. Like he did this he did this uh, movie called In the Tall Grass, which I believe is a Stephen King novel. He's done an episode of he's done two episodes of Westworld. Uh, he did the first episode of 2018's Lost in Space. He's done American Gods, The Strange, Luke Cage. He's done six episodes of Hannibal. Oh. Um, and to tell you the truth, if you and I rewatch Hannibal, you'd be able to. I'm sure you'd be able to tell. Oh, this is his movie. This is his style. Mm-hmm. Um. What was Splice? Oh, that was a fucked up movie. I think you might like Splice if I showed you that one. Anyway, so anything else to add to this movie or this this little review, this geriatric cinematic review? Uh, other than should you watch it or not? Yes. No, I don't have anything else to add. Well, do you think this movie still holds up? Um, yes. Why? Oh, why? <laughs> no, I think I think you pretty much have hit the hit the nail I think, on the head I th- on why. Yeah, I think it. Uh, like the look of it, kind of mm. does, kind of yeah. holds up, but also is dated a little bit. It does look dated, but I. But I think, not like too dated. But I think the concept it's still really interesting, and the people aren't as annoying as they probably could be. Speaking of which, um, there's an actual. Uh, cube remake uh that came out let me see they came out last year and it is a i think it's a south korean film uh and this remake without remembering how they got there several strangers awake in the present cube so so pretty much the same premise but it is a korean uh it's a korean film called cube uh, from what I saw, it looks like it does not have a good rating on IMDb. <laughs> that sucks. Um, I think this film still holds up, especially the concept. It does, it does indeed look a bit dated, but I think the concept and the idea of it, I think it's it's great. It is a, still a pretty good psychological thriller. And the cube itself doesn't really look dated. I think it's just like the camera, like the way it's shot, and maybe the colors like of the people, like yeah. they're just a little washed out. Maybe the hairstyle, like yeah. <laughs> Quentin's hair haircut, still really dated. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was like I said, it was a blast to revisit this movie. Um, anything else? All right, so that's going to be our show for this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us for this uh, week's show. We especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their website. Uh, for all your film news, TV news, and reviews, go to yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, you can find this podcast on all podcast catchers. Uh, and next week, uh, we got another episode around the corner this episode's coming out pretty late so the next one's probably going to come out a little bit uh sooner than you think um we are going to be doing our recent review on the woman king which is in theaters uh september 16th that's uh this coming friday uh with that we are going to do our geriatric cinematic which is foxy brown uh foxy brown is available to rent on amazon apple tv and other vod services uh the terpic of that week is Another day and another ass whooping for white folks. Yeah. Yeah.
Look, I'm white. You enjoy watching white people getting their ass whooped. Yeah. That's that's maybe one of the good ones. <laughs> you know why I enjoy watching white people get their ass kicked? Why? Because. Because. Mm. I know. Like I don't. I don't know if I can verbalize it. It's like it's something that lives inside of me. <laughs> okay. Like. Try your best. I, I really want to hear this. <laughs> like. I know I'm white and I should hate it. <laughs> yes. But I feel like people suck. And, yes. And mostly it's a lot of white people do. Yes. <laughs> and. I think maybe deep down I kind of understand that even though I'm white, mm-hmm. white people are also the reason why I'm so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you think about it, uh, like my family, rich people, uh, uh, the white male society, like, mm-hmm. and so, like, yeah, I'm not black, but we're cool. <laughs> we're cool. Yeah. We're cool. Yeah. <laughs>